Here we go. Hello and welcome to Flying High with Flutter. I am your host, Alan Weiba, and today I have a special guest, Mangridas Kozlowskas. Hopefully I said that correctly. That's I did practice a couple times. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Uh, yeah, and he is a GDE, a Google Developer Expert in Flutter and Dart, and I believe he's based out of Lithuania. Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. So why don't you go ahead and tell us some more about who you are and you know why you're here? Yep. So, hi everyone. I'm Minecraft Kozlowskas, as Alan pronounced this very well. Um, I'm from Lithuania. I'm a software engineer and, yeah, I'm Google Developer Expert in Flutter and Dart technologies. So, a little bit more about myself. So, maybe I'm not that long in the yeah, information technology industry. Uh, my professional knowledge there is like five plus years, I guess. But um, the interest in technologies in general and in programming started quite earlier, I guess, at, at school. Uh, so basically at the late grades, you need to choose the disciplines, what you want to study more and where you want to focus. So informatics was like the, the top out there. And I started programming. I started building small projects. Of course, I had to, to build a, a like tic-tac-toe as, as always, you know, which doesn't lose. Um, so. So yeah, I, I started doing that, school, then university, computer science degree, and and during the uh, during my years at university, I guess after the the second year there, I got my first job. First of all, it was a part-time job, uh, but you know I, I I needed to study, so 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 that's quite common there, and yeah, started getting my first steps in in the let's say uh, professional expertise in, in in programming carry on my studies then in 2018 uh, I, I graduated university um, and I decided not to like uh, start my uh, major uh, just because I realized maybe I do not need that at that at that moment but for the future who knows maybe I'll be interesting uh, in some area, maybe not computer science specifically, but any other major and, and yeah, and I try to find for, for topics, for fields where I need to improve and mobile development was one of that. So, and it was, you know, 2018. So obviously there were not that many cross-platform solutions. There, there were of, of course those popular ones but i noticed that flutter is emerging there and i started like goofing around and seeing what the capabilities are there and flutter was like in i guess uh, 0.10.2 version something like that it's quite quite a beta version and and yeah and even though there were like some noticeable bugs, so you are coding at something and you notice that, oh, it's, it's, I am doing something wrong or it's the problem with the Flutter framework itself um, because there, there were some bugs there, but, but eventually I carried on um, learning Flutter. I, then I started to writing technical uh, content on at Medium and uh, I have a blog there uh, and I continued like improving in Flutter in general and this year on March, I I became a Flutter developer expert in yeah in Flutter and Dart technology. So 
Google why don't we kind of go back a little bit, right? So sure. you said you, I heard your words were you weren't very fam, you weren't very good or familiar with, with mobile technologies, right? Mm -hmm. So did you start off using something else, or were you just start off using native APIs to actually start developing mobile apps? Yeah, or? Uh, th that's a good point. So may maybe we can start that. My background was mostly. Uh, .NET and like .NET Core, I was working on that, and I was familiar with the web technologies in general. So that was I used Vue.js even for my final thesis at the university. I tried out Angular, I tried out React. So I know what's the capabilities there. Of course, uh, you could ask well, you, you could start asking questions if you knew React why you didn't choose React Native and so on. So um, maybe to answer your question about the native part, so I didn't. Uh, want to limit myself to only one specific technology, let's say. Uh, if you learn native, you go you know, directly to Android or to iOS, whatever. Uh, so I didn't want to limit uh, myself there. I wanted to like, uh, maybe in the beginning, I wanted maybe a to know a little bit less, but uh, in the broader area, so cross-platform development, so maybe learning a single framework and building apps for Android and iOS, uh, it seems appealing. It seems interesting, and yeah, that was basically why I chose Flutter. But you did give like React Native or other ones a try, right? Or even Xamarin uh, or anything? Yeah, <laughs> Xamarin. Uh, that's a fun one. But uh, no, I haven't tried Xamarin. But uh, I tried React Native. But that tries, you know, it's like building a to-do app, something like this. And yeah, I tried that out, but I didn't uh, maybe let's say focus on React Native. I also, yeah, I tried React Native and I did uh, exactly the same thing, like building exactly the same to-do app with Flutter. And I see that my productivity with Flutter is, was a lot higher, you know, I, I made the same thing much easier and much, much faster. So, and then I realized, okay, maybe we should give us once another shot for Flutter and maybe build some, some personal project or just, I know, goof around and, and played it more. So, so yeah, so I guess development experience was, was that moment when we realized, so yeah, Fl Flutter could, could be the future for, for me, at least in, in the, uh, in, in the, in the near future. Well, how was your experience when you compare Flutter to, to React Native? I mean, cause I think everybody's is different for me. It felt like React Native was just so brittle. And every time I tried to update one thing, everything else would just break. It was just like a disaster. Uh, and I also felt like they mm -hmm. kind of gave me spaghetti and I was, uh, it was up to me to put my fork into it and, and twist it apart and kind of put everything together as opposed to flutter where I feel everything is kind of like, okay, you put everything to lib and then, you know, you can still structure your code the way you want. But at the same time, things were confined to just a lib folder for the most part. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, with great power comes great responsibility, you know, so Flutter allows you to do those apps and like uh, structure your code any way you want. Uh, the question is how this code would scale in the future if you are like making the small project bigger, maybe first to the medium sized project then to the larger one. I, I like not even mentioning the state management and, and other, the, other details of Flutter. So about React Native, maybe it was a little bit easier to jump in just because, you know, there were more content out there on the internet, more answers on Stack Overflow, the bigger community, maybe third-party packages and, and, and so on. The whole environment was uh, maybe 
more friendly for a newbie, but um, I guess at that moment the Flutter had a little bit uh, bigger hype out there. You, first of all, you know, it's backed up with a, with a very great company, uh, like a huge company out there, so by Google. And uh, for me personally, I came, as I mentioned, I came from the .NET background, you know, and there's a dark programming language. So getting to know that you can build UI using the type safe language uh, like Dart and make it really, the code really scalable, uh, efficient, uh, and so on. So that was appealing, at, even for Nubia, uh, as I mentioned, maybe there were not enough information out there in the beginning uh, about like, again, about the state management, you, you maybe sometimes you, you needed to reinvent the wheel, but even the simple set state, you know, worked most of the time. So starting small and then uh, trying to find for, for, for bigger technologies and for, 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 for better solutions for your project to grow. I guess that that's, that's a natural process on how you improve in any other technology I expect. Actually, I'm quite surprised if you came from a .NET background, why did you not go to Xamarin? Because Xamarin's definitely older than, uh, than Flutter, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, I guess I didn't want to like, okay, I have a .NET background and now I should build apps only using the, the technology I'm familiar with, like, you know, C Sharp or whatever. Uh, so I was willing to learn something new and why not jump straight into something completely different, like different methodology and different technology in general, different stacks. So, so I guess the difference uh, is that uh, some programmers want to expand the knowledge just because they want uh, like financial benefit, you know, to expand, expand uh, their portfolio and then sell it as a solution. You know, I just wanted to continue my learning curve there and expect, especially expand my knowledge in mobile development. So maybe I wasn't that interested of providing solutions that fast. So I could spend more time on learning something completely new, some, some different environment. So again, uh, flutter was, was appealing. Okay, that's pretty interesting. So usually I hear about like people say they choose you know, React Native because they're already into JavaScript. Maybe they're actually using Node.js in the back end. For you, it sounded mm -hmm. like it's a totally new technology. So that's more of a reason for you to try it out because you want to expand your horizons or expand your, your learning, yeah. right? That's quite interesting. So yeah, that, that's, uh, I guess if I like at that moment, I wouldn't have any, any job and I needed to like find, find my place in the market and having the rack knowledge in the background. Sure. Rack Nita would make more sense, obviously, but, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm always willing uh, to learn new things. That's, that's how you can at least position your at, at one of the best in what you're doing. And at the same time, at least in Lithuania about Flutter, there were, like i i didn't know any any person like who is using that at least i searched for for let's say job positions obviously there were none um i i searched maybe for blogs maybe in 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 forums and so on so there were no info so why not be a pioneer there you know and start growing something well, maybe building community and maybe just expanding the knowledge and sharing that inside the company let's say and and starting something new. Okay, that's pretty interesting. I am, I am kind of curious because I've been trying to figure out 
I understand a little bit more about how React Native kind of works, where they call the native APIs underneath the hood for you, and you just kind of talk with JavaScript. Dart, everything mm -hmm. still compiles natively, but you can still use a method channel to talk to native SDK if you mm -hmm. need to. But do you have any idea how Xamarin works? Because I've been trying to figure this out, but I have absolutely no idea because everybody no, claims not that really. <laughs> okay, I was curious yeah. if you had any ideas. Yeah. No, no, no. In, in Xamarin, I, I have like close to zero knowledge. Maybe I, I saw a presentation about technology in general, like, you know, in public events, but nothing more. Have you ever looked at KMM or no? Do you know what is KMM? No, no. So apparently Kotlin, as far as I could tell, around the beginning of April of this, of this uh, April, right? Uh, JetBrains came out with KMM, which is like Kotlin multi-platform mobile. So the idea is that you would write in Kotlin mm -hmm. and, but you still have to spread out your code. So you have native, you have native Kotlin, which is common across okay. both platforms, iOS and Android. But then if you want to do Android specific, you have to make another Kotlin folder. If you want iOS specific, you have to make another okay. iOS specific folder. I, I'm just trying to explain what I understand, right? And yeah, then, yeah. But you still, but you still have to use the native SDK of each platform to do the UI. Yeah, exactly. And that's at at least now by hearing this, it's it's questionable. <laughs> Why do we need that when we have Flutter? You know, so yeah, that was so. I did make a a a, a question on their ad that I saw. I said, "What's the point?" They said, "It's because it's native." And I said, uh, "Okay, but isn't Flutter also native? And you also get." web and desktop support so i mean the point? Uh, flutter is partially native let's say uh so yeah let's say when even comparing to react native so uh, as i mentioned there's like an underlying javascript layer which communicates with the uh, platform component so if you need like any specific ui component you request then uh, the platform specific natively uh, native component right in flutter components only look like native, but they are just, you know, pixels uh, drawn on the screen. So we are redrawing the, the whole screen and we are not requesting anything from the na native layer, pretty much no specific components. Like you need a bu button, we can draw it themselves and, and that's it, you know. Mm. So 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 maybe uh, getting to that point that Flutter, yeah, it compiles to native, but it it's like partially native, let's say. Yeah, because they have their own, they control their whole rendering layer, right? So yeah, that's, I exactly. guess, if you if you say that, then theoretically, yeah, it is kind of native. It's, it's sorry, it is kind of not really native, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a good good point. I never really thought about it like that. Okay, um, that's pretty cool. So, sorry, let me get back to my question sheet because... Let's actually get back to kind of what you're doing, right? So okay. we talked about your little, your history, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe let's talk more about like kind of like how you got to now, right? So you, you started learning Flutter and you started to kind of blog about it, right? Is that the first step yeah. you, you, you did? Is they start writing Medium articles or what, what, what happened? Um, right? and, and also, why did you start it? Yeah, that, that's, that's quite, a, quite a huge background about this story in general. So Well, this is all related to GDE, right? Because you did these things, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, you're yeah. GDE, Exactly, right? so. exactly. Um, so... When, yeah, as I mentioned, it was 2018, I guess, the fall of 2018, something like that, after after the summer, you know, when I finished, graduated the university, then, look, I have a lot of free time, I can still continue on improving myself in the, in the field, so, um, for me, 
at least maybe that that's 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 a problem of my generation is that uh, sometimes you need to do something to to maintain the concentration on something and not to like uh, leave all your side projects uh, half done and not finish them. So I guess writing was one of those things when I, for me personally, I put the deadlines. So basically every X weeks you need to publish something and you need to keep improving on Flutter. You need to uh, improve your skills on there just to provide the content, you know. So I, my intention wasn't really <laughs> to start writing uh, at first, uh, but later I realized that, okay, uh, since I'm Lithuanian, uh, of course, English is not my native language. I can communicate like, uh, quite, quite okay with, with, uh, with any other person talking, uh, like in English, but when it comes to writing, especially the technical content and you start uh, doing that in, in English, you realize that your vocabulary is... <laughs> that your vocabulary has some problems and you cannot express yourself even though you have like a, a really great idea which you want to represent but then you start typing this idea in English and you realize well I do not I cannot uh, like transfer my knowledge to the audience it, it's it the information is lost at, at some points you know so I decided that I needed to keep writing just to keep me sane to keep me thinking like in 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 linear format and like writing line by line and so on so so i guess my intention was to just improve in writing in english in general just so i can like communicate my ideas better and if you want to write something technical well you need to choose a field what what do you want to write about right so so flutter at that moment i started learning flutter so why not that i would like uh, I would expand my knowledge in Flutter, I'll start writing, I will have content to show for, for the future, I will, again, I'll start maybe building the community because in Lithuania there, were, there, there is no uh, Flutter community uh, at that moment. I mean, I didn't know any person interested in the same field, so so yeah, so I I noticed this as a an opportunity, as a chance to, to improve and maybe even being the best in, in what I'm doing at that moment, you know. So, so yeah, so writing helped me a lot, at least. Even now, even the day-to-day -day business, when you are going, when you need to structure your ideas, and uh, writing helps to, to, to build that confidence in yourself, in your ideas, and just to keep you sane and maybe express yourself even better for the broader audience. And yeah, and I started writing on Medium. I started writing about design patterns. So that's, yeah, object-oriented programming design patterns just to basically OP design patterns to just uh, guidelines on how you should structure your object-oriented code in general to make it scalable, to make it uh, more readable. Uh, maybe it would be more understandable for the other developers joining the project and so on. So. So yeah, so now I have the technology, I have a really great topic to talk about, I I have my, I start my own blog, and I started doing this, and <laughs> as always, that's, that's, that's the hardest part, you know, at that moment, not at that moment, even now, you have a full-time job, and then you need in the evening spend your time on writing something, on inv investigating the topic, and so on, and so on, so, for instance, uh, 
the blog I have, each article took about like 20 hours to, to finish, something like that. That includes the, the coding itself, like investing, uh, yeah, uh, investing the topic you're, you're going to write about and actually writing that, you know. So if you consider having the full-time job and spending those 20 hours to write an article and in the beginning, like for the first seven weeks, I, I guess, I published an article weekly, meaning that's quite a lot, of, a lot to cover, and that 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 could even lead to, to some burnouts in, in the long run. But, but I guess that just explains how much did I wanted want that, you know, just just to exp expand my knowledge and to to improve in general and especially in Flutter. So, so that's how it all started, and I'm happy that I am continuing uh, doing that. And maybe not publishing weekly, but in general, I guess the quality is much better now. Uh, the texts are like more readable, and they reach the broader audience now. So it motivates to continue doing that. And talking about GDE, I guess that that was quite a natural next step of what I'm currently doing. You know, I didn't need to pretend that look, I am like public speaker. I'm providing a lot of content, and you do that like in a week or two, and then going straight to the GD and say, look, I could be a GD now. No, it was it was long. It took like, I know, one and a half years, but that was quite a natural next step to, to becoming a GD and basically con continuing doing what you already did, but having a GD status in, in your background. Or maybe this is a good good time. I think you kind of steered us towards the GD stuff, right? That's the main topic. And so like, okay, so you started making these posts and then now what I understand now uh, is that it wasn't Google that reached out to you. It was you reaching out to Google saying, "Hey, I want to be a GDE." Is that actually what happened? Oh, that that that's even uh, that's a great story. Uh, so well, yeah. tell us a story. Don't just tell us it's a great yeah, story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just I'm just uh, thinking of <laughs> where to start. It. Um, I remember it was 2020, I guess, before the Christmas. You know, the the time when every everyone just goes to their vacations usually, and nothing is working in the offices and so on. So, yeah, I reached out uh, to Chris Sells. So Chris Sells is the product manager of Flutter. Um, and I reached, reached him out in LinkedIn, but basically I didn't, at that moment, I didn't even consider being or becoming a GD. I just reached out to, to him and said, uh, Look, I am a Flutter developer in Lithuania. I'm just interested whether there are Flutter developer community there uh, because I, I couldn't find any community st uh, started building there. And he mentioned, uh, I'm not responsible for, for those things, uh, but I can like direct you to the person who is responsible. And and then he arranged the meeting with uh, Nilai. So Nilai is... Uh, is responsible for this this whole GD stuff of of Flutter and our technology. So uh, she's the coordinator, and we arranged uh, a very short, like thirty minutes call uh, at at some point just to discuss about the community in general. And and yeah, uh, the day uh, the the day comes when when uh, you're waiting for 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 that interview, and then you realize that maybe that could be an opportunity to become a GDE, you know, and maybe not become a GDE, but maybe just ask about it, whether I'm, I'm able to, to do that and, and I can bring the value to, to, be, uh, 
to the community just becoming a GDA, right? So we had a call and uh, just basically that was a very like open discussion about the community status, about the Flutter status in general, about uh, yeah how whether it's popular globally or not. And then we started discussing about the uh, the Flutter contribution, uh, not a contribution, but Flutter community in Lithuania, let's say. And I just asked her, well, is there a community? And she checked her, her notes and said, nope. And then I said, uh, can I start uh, building that? And she said, sure, you, you can try. And and basically, we, at that moment, I realized that I already, technically, I already started doing that, right? I, I'm writing articles. At that moment, I, I have even started to mentoring some, some, some people. Uh, so 2020 was like, you you started noticing that okay there are some people who are, who are also interested in flutter and they want to learn that and expand their knowledge and and they just asked me because i i was i was there since 2018 you know so it's almost two years there and they reached me out so maybe you have some tips maybe you can help me to review the code on some projects and so on so those projects were not commercial but they just like personal projects you know just just to to guide uh, guide the developers uh, through them and yes, uh, so Nilai then uh, we talked about the community. She said, "Okay, you can you can build. Why not? If if you if you want this responsibility, sure." And then I asked her, "And what about the GDE? Uh, I mean, whether whether I am I am good enough to become a GDE? Because you know, Google Developer Expert <laughs> basically means that you should be an expert in your field, uh, but." And flat, uh, there are some requirements to become a GDA. They are not like very official requirements, let's say, but it basically consists of uh, everything you are doing in general. So, uh, for instance, I can go through these requirements just to get a better idea. So, you need to provide to the community whether that's like articles, videos on YouTube, whether that's a, a social media posts, whether you are mentoring anyone everything counts uh, so if you're doing that also you need to have some uh, public speaking experience let's say you participated in some conferences you talked about flutter specifically uh, also if you are i don't know uh, leading some workshops if you are uh, discussing about this technology in inside your company if you are if you're just discussing about th that in I don't know, in Reddit, in, in, in Stack Overflow, you're helping people, you're providing, everything counts. And at the end, uh, when you apply for the GDE, uh, you, you need to fill out all of this info of what's your contribution to the, to the technology you want to be a GDE or no. So for me, I filled that out and I, I, at that moment I saw that I'm missing that one gap, which means that I need some to show some uh, public speak speaking experience, uh, because that's that's not quite a requirement, but that's that's a high, a, a huge plus if you want to become a GDM. So, and that was the beginning of 2020, and at the end of 2020 there was a Dartup conference. So that was uh, a Flutter conference, and not not Flutter, but uh, Dart conference, uh, uh, which was. 
held in St. Petersburg uh, before, but d- due to the COVID situation, uh, it was the first time remote conference. And I just uh, wrote an email to to Evgeny. Uh, he's also a GDE and he's uh, like organizing this conference. And I said, look, I, I know I'm, I'm very late to this conference, but maybe I can prepare a topic about that and participate there. And he said, sure, just send me some notes or whatever you got and what you want to, uh, what do you want to talk about? And instantly the topic was about design patterns because, you know, I'm doing that for two years. So I said, I can, I can use those as my topic. And I guess that's quite an, quite, quite an advanced topic. It's not like, not, not, not for new developers, but it is interesting. So I had six days to prepare, meaning I needed to code the like prototype app. I needed to prepare the slides. I need to, needed to prepare a talk in general, you know, and and yeah, I managed to do that. And pretty much I checked all the GDE uh, checks uh, in 2020. And what was left for 2021 was to just apply for, for, for GDE, just fill the form and and then so, some interviews and we are here. So what is actually all the checks that are actually involved? So I believe one is, of course, giving a, at least one speaking event a year. Is that right? That's true. Uh, and then not, you have to keep not up. Yet. Yeah, so... So maybe uh, just talking about GD in general. So uh, GD, you get this GD status uh, for one year, meaning that after one year, uh, there's a review process of your uh, contribution, um, of your of your contribution uh, to the community during this year. And if everything is, is okay, you are still contributing, you're still writing, you're still talking, then this GDA status is renewed for one more year. Uh, uh, when you are filling the info, I guess uh, it's not, uh, you are filling info for what you have done in general. So meaning it should, it, it does not need to be like uh, what you have done during your last year. You can fill everything you did during your career and, and, and that counts. So yeah, so about the requirements. So as you mentioned, uh, speaking requirements. So meaning you need to participate in in any public event. So of course it's better that it would be like Flutter or Dart related uh, uh, conference or something like that. I expect meetups like GDG meetups also counts, but I'm not sure about that. I guess the requirement is like to participate in this uh, global public event, event or conference, you know. Uh, then there is a technical requirements. So technical requirements is basically your contribution to the open source community. Maybe you, you, I know, created pull requests in the Flutter engine or in the Flutter framework in general, you know, maybe uh, an active contributor to Dart, maybe you have some very, very popular open source projects or like uh, you published a very popular package in PubDev and a lot of developers are using that. Uh, That could be your contribution to, let's say, helping other developers in, in, in Stack Overflow, that all of that counts because it, it shows your, uh, your, that specific expert part in, in the technology that you are, you, you can uh, actually be an expert in the field. Then there's of course, um, uh, I guess it's called like something like community requirements. So basically you need to, uh, write, uh, yeah, you need to write a technical article or something like that. But I guess the requirement is to use English for, for that. 
so I, I'm not sure about if you uh, like uh, writing in your native language, I guess maybe Spanish also counts or something like that, but uh, as uh, as I heard, I guess English is a requirement, but I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I could miss some details there, uh, but but yeah, the, the important thing is that you need to uh, provide a technical uh, content to the community. So whether that's your own blog, uh, whether that's on, on Medium or any other platform you, of, of your choice, so so that that's okay. And the last and actually the most important thing, which is, I guess it it got lost for a lot a lot of the folks out there. You need to have a good reputation in the community, meaning. There were stories like uh, during uh, like uh, public conferences since uh, during the, this situation, you know, a lot of conferences were uh, like public, free and online. So you could find a lot of uh, harassing comments out there and so on. So if you have ever done that, then you must <laughs> change, change, your, uh, change your persona, change your name, surname and then try again uh, because People usually even, not usually, but sometimes forget that everything what you do online, it stays online, actually, and it, it won't be forgotten. So I guess even the Flutter community uh, have some kind of blacklist, and if you if you have done something wrong, then there's a high chance that it was noticed and you won't go through any of this process, even though it would be very technical, even you, you could be like that top level expert in the field but if you have bad reputation that's pretty much it you you cannot become become an, an idol for for something or lead the gde in any way it's kind of interesting because there is one gde that i seen on facebook kind of i don't know i read some of his comments and i thought they sound a little bit nasty so i don't know i nasty don't know what it, in, what it means in, in, in which way uh, like know, just rude the, or something? It, yeah, the tone I thought was a little bit rude, but maybe, maybe I mean, it's hard to say. You read words; it's black and white, yeah. and everybody sees things differently. That that's that. Yeah, that's questionable. Where to draw that line? You know, of where is the yeah. harassment and where is just that's maybe who who he is or who he or she is. You know, so yeah. I don't want to say There's who it is because there. you know that maybe no, 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 get me in trouble. But <laughs> it could be, it could be yeah. me. You know, so don't don't say that. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let anybody know it's you, right? No. No, it's somebody else. I was just a little bit surprised. And, you know, I, I think also that developers themselves, uh, you know, it's hard for us sometimes to to judge what's the best way to do and say things. And to me, one of the first comments I always get from people is that I'm mean. But maybe it's just because my way of kind of talking to people is just very direct mm -hmm. and I'm in Hong Kong, yeah, and so people over here are not so direct like I am. So it kind of comes off as rude when I'm just kind yeah, of straight to the yeah, point. Yeah. I see your so point, especially uh, that that was even visible not that long time ago. I guess uh, there's like when you uh, start talking about the state management in Flutter, you can you could start a civil war easily, and. Of course, every developer, especially if the developer provides the state management solution by 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 himself or herself, you know, so they they need to stand stand uh, stand uh, confident there, and they need to express themselves that look, this is the best solution. And uh, but I guess what we need to do in general as a community, we need to separate the critic to one one's work and to to 
and when your critic when your critic goes uh, to someone personally because it, there's nothing wrong to critique uh, someone's work if you have that opinion but when it gets personal then i guess that's the line at least for me when you need to stop doing anything and start like harassing or, or anything like that so if we are talking about technologies i guess that's how developers live we need we we i mean we are integrating those those solutions into our projects we are we need to pay the bills you know we need to build projects and get and get profit on that so finding the best solution and maybe selling the best solution for the others is a crucial part out there so i know i consider these things natural but when it gets personal yeah you should avoid that for sure yeah, I know. And sometimes, you know, developers are probably one of the most opinionated people out there. And so, yeah, you're going to get some, we don't want to talk about tabs versus spaces, right? So people yeah, get quite exactly. upset. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Going back to where we are. I mean, so it seems like GDE isn't, it seems like it's not too difficult to get in terms of like, you know, you don't need to be some awe-aspiring developer. You just basically need to be kind of a good character doing your best to kind of bring awareness to the community uh, and also bringing something to the community itself, right? Those are mm -hmm. kind of the three basic things that I can see. Yeah, exactly. And uh, actually, I have even noticed the uh, quite recent uh, conversation in Twitter and one of the GDs said that I'm feeling a little bit of <laughs> imposter syndrome because I do not feel an expert in this technology, but I'm a GDE, you know, because when you see other GDEs in building, like, uh, I know, uh, making all the conferences live and they're building like huge projects, working with huge com companies and so on, you can feel that, am I really an expert, you know, but, but I, me personally, I focus on what I do and what I do the best. So if you... If you, if you could transfer your ideas publicly, if you are giving any value to the community, if you are helping others, especially if you are mentoring and you are growing like younger developers out there. So this work maybe is not even visible publicly, but you are contributing a lot. If you if you can grow like I know ten junior developers in Flutter, who could potentially become a GDS later. So I guess that's even more important than, you know, providing a very, very high expertise technical solution. Of course, that's, that's again, that's a, a place for discussion, but, but yeah, I agree totally. Uh, you, you don't need to be like, I don't know, I don't know, you, you don't, you don't need to work at NASA to be a GDE or, or something like that. You, you can, if you, if you can help the community, that's the most important thing. So you mean I don't have to write C++ and contribute to core, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Of course, that helps, but you don't need, you don't need to like be be the best in the field. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely that that GDE definitely does carry some some weight to it, right? So yeah, that's why yeah. I think people are really you know interested. Exactly. So for for instance, in Lithuania, especially um, as I mentioned, I'm in this industry for five plus years. So if I come, let's say, in the conference on the stage and I guess there won't be that status, let's say, of, oh, okay, he's working like only for five years in the industry. What, is he even an, a good at it, uh, what he's speaking about? But when you bring on the stage the status of, look, I'm Google developer expert and actually the first and so far the only one in Lithuania, maybe that means something and that's that helps. Uh, 
even I felt that yeah the, the status helps to at least not you you don't use the status to get something or to like I don't know get into something but the status helps for everyone in the community to listen to you at least and then and then when they see your work actually that's that's a positive feedback later so that, then, so then it does mind. actually kind of give you something right gives you some reputation and gives you maybe a kind of like a virtual podium to stand on right exactly yeah yeah so yeah there but is, i think it also helps when you're applying for jobs right because you could say oh, okay i'm a gde and then it probably will also give you some uh, benefit right at least in Finia, that's tricky uh talking about the job opportunities in general so you I, that's tricky i mean big companies still uh, do not want to really invest into Flutter because they see a risk in, in business by using Flutter now sometimes. So I guess more of a, a startup-oriented companies are, are using Flutter and trying that out. I'm happy, let's say at the moment I'm, I'm working at Debridge and now we are build, building the... Yeah, I'm currently a project lead on, on a project where we use Flutter for to build a mobile application and I'm happy because that that shows that big companies you, you can like if you if you're good at something you can transfer your ideas to the company and the company sees that okay you're good at it and maybe you can even lead a project so that's actually was my path to the, this project lead uh, position there and I'm now I'm leading leading a Flutter project uh, so when you uh, when Flutter was your hobby like two years ago, something like that. And you consider this as on a hobby and now it's your full-time job. So that's even more amazing, you know? So that's kind of interesting. Now that you're kind of leading us, this is also a thing that we wanted to talk about was that, you know, what are you doing right now? Or like, what is DevBridge and, and, and how did you get started in this company? Uh, yeah, so I joined DevBridge only a year ago. So basically DevBridge is, a, um, I guess, a global digital product consultancy company so we are pretty much uh, building uh, products for for the for the clients those clients are mostly from the from the states and uh, there are quite a few uh, uh, clients being in the fortune 500 like company list so they're they're like quite a huge uh, uh, companies we are working with and the field uh, we are working is like very broad. It's logistics, automotive, healthcare, uh, agribusiness, uh, manufacturing, financial services, and so on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, most most of the engineers are from Lithuania. Uh, uh, so we have at the moment in Lithuania three offices out there. So it's like. 200 plus people, uh, only engineers working in the company, and we are building so solutions. So I joined the company as a software engineer. So also that was a fine, uh, quite a fun story because I wanted to join a company as a .NET developer, but it turns out that I got into the project which was built with Node.js and it was okay. I mean, that, that just, you know, uh, Technologies in general is just a tool. It's the most important if whether the engineer is capable of handling those tools. So, so that's the most important thing. So, I worked on on this project uh, with Node.js, and then there was a an opportunity to join uh, to build a mobile app. 
So Debridge in general by default uh, offered uh, to build mobile apps using React Native, let's say, because you know there are a lot of engineers and more, at least the front-end engineers and, and and yeah, and just full-stack engineers, uh, a lot of them already know React, so React Native is not that a huge step, you know, to to, to build a solution. But uh, I'm happy that the the managers saw this as an opportunity for me to to jump into and maybe provide the value and to prove that Flutter could be even better to, to build React Native uh, than building React Native solutions, you know. So, so now, um, uh, yeah, project lead at the company. I, uh, I have a, quite a small team. So only uh, four engineers are currently in the team. So I'm covering the project lead duties, meaning I, uh, yeah, like, Create tests, uh, refine uh, refine uh, requirements for the project, and and so on. Like handling the whole architecture of the app and seeing that we are in a good direction. Then we have uh, two engineers working part time and one and one test engineer. Uh, so, and yeah, we have the project manager and, and and designer as well. So, but the engineering team itself is quite small. Having in mind that uh, even two developers are like part-time developers at the moment. One of them is junior, one of them is just regu regular developer and, and yeah, I'm leading the project. So even though the team is very, very small, we are like, we are delivering it. I mean, I cannot express this enough, but we are really, really delivering the project. So it, at the moment, the project, I guess we are in the middle of the project now, but uh, Flutter shows its value. I mean, the I was the only one in the team uh, who was who had quite a significant experience in Flutter? You know, other developers did not uh, have any experience in Flutter in general, but they onboarded and they are providing and delivering this project. So I'm very happy about that. So that's quite interesting because you're you're hitting on a lot of interesting topics. And what I mean interesting in this time is that you came aboard, you wanted to do .NET, they put you on uh, Node.js, but you really like to do Flutter in your kind of free time, right? So how did, how did Flutter come into your duty? Because you're basically introducing Flutter to that company, right? Is that kind of what happened or am I wrong? I mean, no. So when I was at the company, uh, so yeah, <laughs> Flutter in general and providing content and writing articles, you know, was like my, I consider this as my side project, even though it's not technically a project, you know, but it's, it's still uh, an activity you do on the side. So it gets noticeable. I mean, I, I share my activity on LinkedIn and, and share it that, look, I do something. And I guess before the project, I didn't even push the idea to the company that, look, there is a Flutter and we must use it, you know. But the company noticed that I'm doing something well and I'm good at what I'm doing. So they, they just offered me this. And I guess that's that's quite natural, at least for me. And only time could show whether that was a good solution or not. I mean, whether that was a good decision, but we are building the project now. The client is happy about the project in general. We are happy that that we can deliver. I'm happy that I'm working with Flutter and it's my full-time job. So what what else I could expect that? That's that's quite quite a good field to, to, to work in and to improve. So basically, 
they started looking at Flutter because they noticed that you were kept talking about Flutter. So that was kind mm-hmm. of the introduction. Yeah. So it was an indirect yeah, yeah. introduction almost. But you had no exactly. like you had no plans of this ever coming coming out, right? You had no plans to ever like introduce it to them directly. Yeah, I mean, happen. but yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's a good point. I have I even had no idea of becoming a project lead because for the project lead position you need to have you know uh, quite a significant amount of soft skills on how to communicate with the client on how to manage the project and all of this agile stuff you know we are working in so you need to be aware of that but I in the beginning maybe me as a person I, I was quite quite shy in the beginning I guess but I noticed that that as my negative side of of me in the in the industry and I just tried to push myself to improve in it so writing about flutter helped that you know I I I came out like publicly I I delivered the content I can communicate my ideas better now and those soft skills is just as any other skill you can improve those even though you are shy or you are introvert whatever but you can improve those so I guess in the beginning, the biggest challenge to me wasn't really to build the project itself, but to learn how to manage the team and how to, like, realizing that you won't spend all of your uh, daily work time building and coding. You need to, first of of all, delegate the work to the others and educate them and mentor them. And, And in the beginning, I guess the... This whole management time was even took took the bigger part of my daily work than the coding itself, and now it's like fifty fifty because I pretty much manage and learn how to be a project project lead, you know. But there's there's still some challenges, but but yeah, that's that's also uh, quite a good amount of, and quite a huge skill set to me to to learn and to improve on. So, do you think your time as a GDE, where you have to do public speaking and everything else, do you think that actually really kind of helped you to this role or actually I don't even know the timeline so when you became a, a team lead and when you became a GDE which which one became person did either one affect the other yeah so the timeline was like I started writing and so on then was this project lead position and then I become the GDE but but yeah I had this experience of public speaking and so on but even for, for for you, Alan, I mentioned that I'm I'm nervous before. I I, I don't know if I, I, it's noticeable, but I'm nervous until I start doing something. So I guess for the project lead position, it was like that, like a night before or two nights before you are realizing that maybe I'm not good at that. I have no skills. I have no experience and so on. But you started doing it, and you you know that you need to provide the value to the company and you need you need to deliver then you just collect yourself you personally to me i i wrote every bad thing in in my notes and then i can cross them out when i fix something so it just helps to you know to to keep sane and and to 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 manage yourself especially from the emotional point of view okay that's that's pretty cool is there Anything else that you wanted to mention about, you know, maybe being a GDE or you have any advice to anybody who's maybe interested in being a GDE? I mean, you can collect a lot of advices, you know. Um, so I guess the first thing to realize that, as we already discussed, if you are not an expert in the field, it doesn't mean that you that there's a hard stuff for you to become a GDE. But the most important thing is what value you bring to the community. Uh 
you in my case the there is no community in Lithuania right but that doesn't mean that you can cannot start building it you cannot uh, the like contribute to it and educate others as I mentioned if you are mentoring others if you are providing content if you are if you are just an active member of the community it gets at some time it it gets noticed and eventually GD is an opportunity for you to grow and also to get that status which could also help in your in your day-to-day uh, -day business and I see and that that's quite quite uh, a bit of feeling there but I feel a lot of guys who are like as me at that moment which uh, spend a lot of time on Flutter you know but Flutter is just remains as their side job or side project and they never get the the opportunity to using Flutter in their their day-to-day -day business you know and that's as I mentioned it if you are investing in yourself and you are like uh, spending a lot of time uh, building your side projects then it's quite hard to 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 keep that momentum and because you can just burn out you know so i'm very happy that now flutter became my full-time job so that could be a really great example that it could be the same for you guys so if you if you in not maybe not in flutter in, in particular but any other technology if you're interested if you're providing value to the community even the even the contribution itself could be your job because we have those uh, like uh, roles in the industry like developer advocate or or the content creator of any technology maybe if you like doing uh, the content creation and other stuff maybe you don't need to be a software engineer you can be like a a developer advocate in the company now but you will bring even more value than just being a, just just a regular software engineer so yeah I, I missed the idea now I don't know if I answered your question but but yeah well, I think you did but I'm actually kind of curious though is there any benefit to being a GDE like I think I heard before that you actually get some kind of like preview information right is that part mm -hmm. of the benefits of being a GDE I mean, yeah, the benefits are that, of course, you are acknowledged by Google, you know, one of the industry-leading companies. So it means that you are an expert. And it's when, uh, let's say, you want to become an expert in any other field, you usually, uh, I don't know, get to the exams, you get certificates, and you just prove that you are good at it. So GDE also shows that you are good at, in this field and this technology in particular. Um, so yeah, the status is, is one benefit. Um, invitation to to the events. Let's say there's a uh, when uh, there there would be a better times and we can travel uh, around the world. So if you travel to like Google conference, like Google I/O, for example, so this trip is paid by Google and you can participate in those conferences. So you get like I I do not want to say that VIP tickets, but you at least get tickets to those conference and invitation to participate there. Uh, you you receive an opportunity to get a direct access to the Google team. So meaning if <laughs> I guess product managers or any developer in Google, let's say you almost have a direct contact or you just need to ask to, I want to discuss about some particular Google technology, uh, whatever they're doing. And if it, if it, 
they can uh, explain and they have opportunity to explain something, you can just reach them out. So you have this opportunity of direct contact, the Google employees, let's say, and the Google team in general. Um, yeah, there's, of course, some swag out there, like you, you're getting uh, in some programs, you get like t-shirts, you know, and, and other, any other swag. So that's cool. Wait, so, wait, wait, um, do you get a dash? Do you get a dash? It's on the way, actually. It's on the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. You know, uh, Dash is worth more than a Bitcoin. Uh, so I'm waiting for that. Um, also, um, about, yeah, uh, I missed something. <laughs> GD, GD. Okay. Anyway, but I guess you yeah, yeah, get the direct access to, to, to the teams. You, you'll get invitations to public events. Oh, if you, let's say, uh, organizing some kind of meetup or some some I know local conference let's say so Google uh, you could ask Google to cover the expenses out there so like if you need to provide uh, drinks maybe even you need to uh, get the speakers out there so GD community is, is really great so you can invite someone to join your conference and especially it's visible now when the, all the conferences are online so you can just invite anyone to like do you want to give a speak in in the in the meetup and most of the of the time you'll find a person a developer or what else who who, who will join you and help you to to lead those those events so it's just a great feeling being in this community and realizing that you're not alone there and you will always get support you need so even getting this feeling is is a great advantage and a great benefit Sounds great. I think I really wish I could apply for this. Maybe I can. I have to talk to Chris, maybe. And also, if you want to join the GDS, so uh, first thing of all, you need to reach out to your local GDS or any GDS. So we have the power to recommend you and uh, to uh, provide you an application form to fill out. Of course, uh, before that, there would be some background check about your contribution to the community, about uh, all the requirements we already talked about. But but yeah, if you want to join GDs, reach out to GD. Okay, I'm reaching out right now. Can you, can you <laughs> hook me up? Yeah, I, I saw your private message now. Uh, okay, I know it's okay if we go over a couple more minutes because I know yeah, you're getting sure. buzzed right now. So sure. just a few more minutes. These are kind of the more the generic questions I like to ask towards the end, which is kind of like... Uh, what do you actually use for state management if you were to kind of choose a solution? Yeah, so at the end, you want to start a civil war, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got different am... answers, right? Somebody <laughs> said Qubit, which I thought was a little bit interesting. I don't really hear yeah, Qubit yeah, so yeah. much. Okay, so I am team block. Uh, so I, I even started okay. using block uh, since I heard that in the, I guess in 2018 during the IO, Google I.O. conference, it was block was introduced as one of the solutions. So I, I, when I needed to actually uh, select the, the state management solution, so I, I watched this conference and I tried uh, this block. Block in general is it's not a library, you know, it's a, the whole methodology and how you structure your code and how you provide the, the state to your app and so on. So at that moment, when I started using block, there, there, the Flutter block package wasn't even there, so Felix uh, haven't released the, the the package already. So I even needed, to, in order for the block to to work, I needed to, like uh, 
take care of any other detail which is now working in the background, like taking care of uh, disposing the block, of creating the block, of providing the block to the app and so on, you know, so you needed to like take care of this whole infrastructure, but now we have, uh, thanks God, we have this <laughs> amazing developer who helps us a lot and we can just use the block as, we can uh, write block code only what we need for, for, for our business to cover and not the whole infrastructure. So. I enjoy block. I know there are discussions about block having a lot of boilerplate code, but I see no disadvantage in it because uh, even though you're providing this boilerplate, first of all, you can generate this code. Second of all, you have this very clear and very strict separation of concerns. So meaning your business logic is dedicated in the single block. And if you provide this block, like you can provide this block globally. So uh, there is no problem to access the same block anywhere in your inside your app. If you want to keep your block uh, local, you just create it a, a little bit deeper into the tree and you can access this only in a single component. So block-to-block -block communication, also if you need to access like data from the other block, it's also feasible. I, I enjoy that uh, block as an idea is based on streams. So meaning that let's say if you are using uh, Firestore, let's say for, from the Firebase uh, infrastructure, you're using this uh, live database, then it's based on stream. So it's very easy to integrate this to block. If you are, if you need to do some more complex operations like uh, stream manipulation, you like need to merge two different data streams. You need to put the delay on your stream. You need to like periodically emit an event. It's very easy integratable with the block. And, and the lastly, of course, testing since you have a dedicated business component and it's like uh, separated from all of your code so you can test it out separately. You can try out every single state you can get into very easily. And also, of course, there's like uh, some additional extensions and helpers for you. For, for instance, you can create a block observer. So at any point of the app, you, you can see what events were triggered, what's your current state, what's your next state, and so on. If you need to persist your block, let's say, if you close the app and open the app again, and you want to remain in the specific state, you can use the hydrated block. Uh, so yeah, a, a lot of things are there for you, just need to use it. Of course, there's uh, maybe a steeper learning curve to, to get into block because you need to maybe shift your mindset a little bit. Uh, but but when you get that click, you know, it, everything becomes easy and straightforward and you enjoy using it. Yeah, I'm using Block in, in one of my projects. I'm pretty happy with it, but there is a couple of, the things I don't really like is I had to keep passing around a block all over the place, passing like was at the block that value. That kind of gets a little bit annoying. And also sometimes the block will throw an exception and you don't catch it properly. So I've been trying to take a look at Riverpod yeah. recently. To, to possibly solve this problem, but uh -huh. I'm still yeah. checking, right? I think there's no real solution that works for all projects. It's kind of like exactly. based on the developer, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had this discussion even with the with the Google team, let's say, of the, I mean, the Flutter core and what do you think about that? So uh, Flutter on purpose does not provide the recommended way of the state management because as always, it depends, you know, it depends is at the same time the the worst and the best answer to all the solutions because if the person uh, gets into the flutter let's say from the uh, ragged background so basically he used the redux before so choosing the redux as your state management solution would be like very straightforward you know if you want like a very simple just you need 
take care of the dependency injection, let's say, so Riverpod or provider, whatever, it's also a great solution now. GetX, MobX, GetIt and all of this, they are, they are there and yeah, the developer just needs to select the, the, the best one and I guess the developer should choose the one which gives and provides the most value to the project and that that's the most important thing if you can improve your productivity if you can understand what you're doing which <laughs> is not always the case in, in in our developers world so if it just clicks to you then i see no problem of you using anything else actually flutter block under the hood is using provider just uh, to provide blocks to, to the to this uh, tree so it means even different state management solutions like they work together sometimes just to just to provide value for the developer. So, so yeah. So that's open. Yeah, that that, that makes some sense. I think we're gonna about wrap it up. Uh, the way we usually wrap it up is that you know I have a question that I think is you know somebody who is a GDE or even just been using Flutter for some time, right? Do you have any advice you can give to people who are maybe just starting off or or you know having some difficulties in Flutter? Yeah, it's quite 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 hard to discuss about that since my start on Flutter was quite some time ago so I even forgot some difficulties I had but I guess the most important thing in every other field in life is just start doing it and if you if you get into the problems they would help you to improve and eventually you'll get better at what you're doing so Again, Flutter is just a technology, you know, so the most important thing is how in general you can like get into a new field and start working there. So if we talk about Flutter in particular and what I could recommend, so um, usually when what I saw in, let's say, on Facebook or any other group on Stack Overflow, so developers tend to overcomplicate things quite early for instance uh, i don't know they're thinking about uh, how scalable uh, is their app is or what's the state management solution getting back to it right and they overcomplicate a lot of things so i would recommend maybe starting slow start starting small most of the cases the simple set state would do the trick and it would work and if you get into a particular problem, then you'll need to find a solution for that. And since you get into this problem, then at least you would know what the problem is, you know, and then you can find the, the best uh, the best solution to your particular problem and to your particular project. So I guess do not overcomplicate things and start slow is, is the best advice I could give at the moment. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. You know, I think that's the same with any other kind of technology, right? Take your time, start slow. But the most important part, even for your writing, right, is just starting. And that's definitely exactly. I would have to say the most difficult part also is to actually start, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'd say starting and then being consistent and keep going, right? Yeah. That's, that's the way actually start starting. Starting is the first challenge, but getting that consistency in your daily life, it's it's even more difficult, but if you manage that, then then you become a GDE. Or you become whatever you want to become, right? <laughs> Not just GDE. But in my, yeah, in my case, GDE. In this case. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't think I have anything else on my side. I mean, of course, we have more and more questions, but I think this is a very great episode. You brought a lot to the table. Is there anything else you wanted to maybe give a shout out to or anything else you wanted to kind of talk about before we kind of wrap up? We talk about a lot of things. I know 
uh, if my colleagues from Debridge looks at this podcast. So, hi, I was there, and uh, my mom doesn't understand English, so, but hi, mom, in case. Uh, no, I, I guess uh, my plans for the future is maybe uh, I'll try to jump into YouTube a little bit, just try it out as a media platform. So stay in tune, uh, follow me on social media, uh, and and yeah, uh, if you have any questions, I could be the person who could help you uh, about Flutter or Dart. So at least if you I know want some mentoring or just want to discuss about about uh, my ideas about Flutter, what I think about this field, and if you want to just a friendly chat, so I'm open. Just do not hesitate to reach me out and. See you later, I guess. Okay. I think you put your contact info into the show notes, so we can definitely put that into the uh, into our notes and I'll have to put that into the show notes. Yeah, yeah. So thanks again. No, no thanks worries. again for stopping by. Uh, oh. If you have anything else you wanted to talk about, you can reach out to me. You know how to get a hold of me, right? Great. So we can definitely have you back. Yeah, thank you very much for having me there. That, that's, that, that was a pleasure, I could say now. And if you have any GDEs who also want to come on the show, please let me know. I'm, I'm definitely open. It okay. It makes my I'll life have easier. That in okay. I always have to chase down people. So if they chase me down, <laughs> it's even better. <laughs> That's work for me to do. Yeah. I, I'm happy that I was like the, the first one out there. So I guess that that would be easier to others to join and to notice that they can also express themselves there. That quite, you create quite a nice platform and quite a nice environment to do that. So uh, I really appreciate that. Just remember me when you have the GDE application in your hand, okay? You got to help me yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that in private. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much for having you on. Uh, I appreciate your time. I know it's probably about your working time right now. It's probably already getting buzzed. Yeah. So. I spent my lunch time there, but no, no, no problems with that. Okay. Well, thank you again, and I uh, hope to have you back soon. Thank you. See you. See you.